Lord Jesus, you gave your life on a cross once and for all. Help us now in response to take a stand for you once and for all with all of our heart, soul, and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As you're probably aware, we are in part two of a three-part sermon series called Stand in the Gap, in which we are uh, working through the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Last week, Pastor John started the series by looking at the first two chapters of Nehemiah, and in that part of the story, we saw that Nehemiah had developed something of a holy discontent. He was bothered about a certain reality. By way of review, Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king of Persia, a Jewish man who had been carried off in exile to faraway Babylon. Babylon fell to Persia, and now Nehemiah is this assistant to the king of Persia. And while he's in Persia, he becomes aware of some very troubling circumstances in his home land of Israel, specifically in the city of Jerusalem. He's told that the walls of the city were destroyed, that the city sat exposed without its walls protecting it, and he developed a holy discontent about that and wanted to do something about it. And last week, Pastor John explained that Nehemiah did three things. First of all, he prayed to God. Then as God gave him a vision for a plan, he shared that plan with the king of Persia, asked the king to allow him to return, which he did. And then three, Nehemiah got to work. When Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, one of the first things that he did was to inspect the damage to the walls around the city. He went by himself at night and just took a look at at what was the the reality of the situation. And he saw that in the walls there were huge gaps. The the gates had been burned. Parts of the walls had been knocked down. And that was not a good situation. And after Nehemiah surveyed the ruined walls, he challenged the leaders. And this is what he said to them. He said, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. And its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. We need to understand that in antiquity, and even all the way up through medieval times, a city depended on its walls for protection, protection against the attack of enemies. And so when Nehemiah does this survey of Jerusalem's walls, and he sees these huge gaps in the walls, he gets rather concerned about it. The photo I'm going to show you next is a photo of a wall, the wall that is around Scarborough Castle in England that dates from the medieval times. Even in that day and age in England, the wall around the castle and around the village was extremely important for its protection, and you can see that huge gap in the wall. And you can well imagine the vulnerability that such a gap in the wall would create as enemy forces would come to attack. These gaps in the walls, you see, would limit a city's activities. 
It would limit a city's ability to function at full capacity because so much concern would be about safety. Gaps in the walls are problems. Friends and especially members of Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church, as you're probably aware, we have experienced some gaps, if you will, here at Shepherd of the Desert. I want to address those briefly here at this time. To be real upfront, our Shepherd of the Desert K through 8 school program took a real hit this past year. Our school enrollment dropped 60 students from last year to this year. Each student pays $7,500 in tuition. You do the math. That is a big gap, a gap that we are faced with having to address. Now, I want to commend you, you members of the congregation, that last June you took a very bold step at our budget meeting. You passed a budget, knowing this huge gap with the school, you passed a budget with a $200,000 deficit, but you were willing to do that because you believed in the ministry of our school and our church together. And we're grateful that you took that step. But we recognize this is a big gap that needs to be filled in, a gap that needs to be addressed. I think another gap is the fact that our worship attendance is down over the last couple of years. But having said those things, I also want to affirm some very positive steps that have been taken already. That voters' meeting was extremely important. It affirmed the fact that we believe in our ministry, church and school together. Our church, our elementary school, our preschool, both campuses, we believe in what we're doing. We also are blessed to have a new principal leading our school, Dr. Vincent Stumpo, and he is taking very uh, distinctive, definite actions toward turning things around with our school. And things are looking very positive. This school year has been a great school year so far. Well, this stand-in-the-gap effort is another one of those positive steps that we're wanting to take as a congregation to be able to move forward with ministry, not backward. But probably the most positive thing I can say is, friends, we have an awesome God. It's the same God that Nehemiah and the people of old trusted in as well. And that same awesome God who did awesome things back then will do awesome things today. I truly believe that. This series, Stand in the Gap, we're calling it, is a call for each one of us to do just that to stand in those gaps and do what is necessary to bring about an improved situation. We're looking at Nehemiah chapter 3 and 4 today, and there's some lessons to be drawn from the story of Nehemiah that I think can apply to our situation. The first takeaway from Nehemiah chapter 3 is this. In that story, everyone got involved. Everyone in Jerusalem got involved. When we look at chapter 3, and I encourage you to read chapters 3 and 4 this week as part of your devotion time. In chapter 3, what we see is everybody, every resident of Jerusalem, stepping up into the gaps in those walls and beginning to rebuild the walls. They saw those gaps, and they didn't just ignore them. They took action. They didn't say, well, well, somebody else will take care of it. They all stepped up and did their part. 
And Nehemiah organized the work. He was a tremendous leader. He organized the work, arranging families side by side, each of them working on a section of the wall. So one family would work on this section, and it was important to them because their house was right behind that part of the wall. And their family's safety depended on what they did with that part of the wall. Next to them was another family, and next to them another family, and next to them another family. And they all endeavored side by side with a common cause. They stood in the gaps and began repairing the wall. Read read that chapter. Read chapters 3 and 4 this week. You will be amazed at how that all took place. Everybody got involved. It was an all-hands-on-deck kind of situation. And here at Shepherd of the Desert, it's, it's somewhat similar. We need everyone involved in this ministry that we share together as a church and a school together. That means a couple of things. It means, friends, coming to worship regularly. It's been an interesting observation over the last couple of years that we have more and more members coming once or maybe twice a month to worship. I don't understand that. God has done so many great things for us in giving us his son, Jesus. Shouldn't our response be, I want to worship him every opportunity there is. I want to encourage us to be regular in our worship, to come every Sunday that you're uh, healthy and able to be here, to sing praises to God, to hear his word, to be growing in your faith, and to seize the opportunity to fellowship with each other uh, while we're here together. It's one of the ways we all get involved. Another way we get involved is by being in Bible study. You know, if we want to be growing in our Christian faith, this is the source of it, the Word and the sacraments. We need to be in the Word individually and in groups, studying and discussing the meaning of God's Word and applying it to our lives. And we also need to get involved in areas of service or ministry. I want to encourage each and every one of us to find what we're passionate about in ministry. And whatever that is, seize upon it with all ambition and and energy and and do it with joy. Do it to the glory of God. Now, we're not all gifted the same way. We don't all have the same interests. But what area of service or ministry could you see yourself involved in? We need you to stand in the gap in whatever that is. And frankly, as one of your pastors, one of my responsibilities is to assist you in equipping you to carry out whatever that ministry might be, that service. St. Paul writes about this in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, God gave some to be pastors and teachers. Now watch what he says about the pastors and teachers. He gave some to be pastors and teachers to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I'd like to have that opportunity to work with you, to equip you in whatever you see your ministry being, whatever area of service you're excited about. I'd like to help you find that niche of ministry and jump in standing in the gap. There are many ways to be involved in ministry here at Shepherd of the Desert. One very simple way, which is a real need right now, is to help usher during the worship services, to help in, in, in all the details that go with ushering. It's really a very simple task, and it could be something either you do by yourself or you might do with your whole family. 
and, and find a, a, a ministry you could be involved in maybe once a month, maybe once every six weeks. It's a, it's a joy to be able to serve the Lord. Or maybe being a greeter out at the curb or in, inside the door, greeting people as they arrive. Maybe your area of interest is outreach to the community, something like the painting project we did a week ago, where we get out into the community and, and show God's love in meaningful hands-on ways out there. Or maybe your ministry is simply being devoted to praying for the church and the school. We need prayer warriors who will dedicate themselves to prayer on a regular basis. Maybe your area of ministry is helping to find more students for our school, talking up the fact that we have the best-kept secret in Scottsdale right here at 96th and Shea and at Mountain View with our preschool and our K-8 program. Maybe there's some students you could help recruit for our school. Or maybe your ministry is helping to support with your financial resources. That is needed as well. In Nehemiah's day, everybody got involved. They all stood in the gaps and helped rebuild the wall. The second takeaway from this this story of Nehemiah is this. They overcame opposition through faith in God. And there was some serious opposition. You see, as the people of Jerusalem were attempting to rebuild the walls, they were faced with internal Uh, opposition as well as external opposition. Some of the people on the inside were casting doubt on whether they could really accomplish this. And then there were enemies from the outside who were ridiculing them and threatening to kill them if they proceeded with the task. In chapter 4, we read that various people, including a guy named Sanballat, the governor of Samaria to the north, tried to undermine the whole building effort through ridicule and and threats against the people. What did they do? Just give up? No, under Nehemiah's leadership and with God's blessing, the people stood strong. They had their swords at their sides in case they needed them, and they worked at building the wall back again. They kept on working. You know, as we try to do uh, ministry together here at Shepherd of the Desert, Let's recognize, friends, there is a very real enemy who is hell-bent, literally, on destroying everything we're trying to do as a church and school. His name is Satan. He is the devil, the Lord's arch enemy, and he is set on absolutely destroying the things of God. That enemy... St. Paul writes about in his letter to the Ephesians. Chapter 6, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let's be clear about this, friends. The evil one does not want us to have a Christian school because he doesn't want young children to learn about Jesus. He doesn't want those families to know anything about God's love. The evil one does not want us to have a church. He does not want us to gather for worship. He does not want us to be studying the Bible. He wants to undermine everything that Jesus stands for. 
And he's absolutely working in that direction. The people in Nehemiah's day overcame opposition through their faith in God. And we must do the same. A third takeaway from the Nehemiah story is this. Nehemiah and the people stayed focused on the mission. They stayed focused. Nehemiah led the charge on keeping the people focused on what their purpose was, focused on the mission. It says in chapter 4, verse 14, Nehemiah's words, he said, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Nehemiah knew and the people came to know that there was an awful lot at stake here. The temple that they were trying to rebuild could have been destroyed again. The worship life of the people could have been annihilated. But they trusted in God, and they knew that there was a whole lot at stake, and they stayed focused on the mission. Let me just have you ask yourself this question. What is at stake at Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church and School? What goes away if this all goes away? The people stayed focused on the mission, and we too need to stay focused. And our mission, friends, is leading people to follow Jesus. After all, it's really all about him. It's important that we stay focused, and it's important that we never give up. Now, to lighten things up just a little bit, I want to show you this next picture. Here's a humorous attempt at making the point. You got to love that little guy. He is absolutely determined to get that cheese. You also have to love Photoshopping. But, you know, it makes the point, doesn't it? We need to never give up. We need to stay focused on our real, what our real mission is. And Nehemiah and the people of old did that. They stayed focused on the mission. And, friends, as one of your pastors, I'm asking you to do the same, to stay focused on our mission, leading people to follow Jesus. Let's not forget what really matters. It is all about Jesus. You see, we must never lose sight that everything we do as Christians and everything that we are goes back to what God first did for us at the cross. Sinful people, including you and me, would be on our way to hell if it were not for God's love in his son, Jesus Christ, his act of grace and mercy toward us. If Jesus had not given his life on the cross, where would we be eternally? Lost. But because he died and took the full punishment for our sins, he says, believe I did this for you and you are not only forgiven, you will spend eternity with me. And while you're here on this earth, you'll have purpose and meaning in life. How true it is, friends. How very true. It's all about what Jesus did for us at the cross. And our mission is to lead people to know who that Jesus is, who gave his life for them, that they too 
may have the passion of knowing that they're on their way to heaven and they can share that message with somebody else. The Stand in the Gap campaign, as we've been introducing it, is in support, ultimately, of spreading the good news about Jesus through our church ministries and through our school ministries to whomever will listen. A little bit about this campaign and what to expect. This week, you're going to receive a letter in the mail explaining the Stand in the Gap campaign. Along with that letter, there will be a response card. And we're asking you, members of Shepherd of the Desert and friends who would like to, to return that response card, if possible, by next Sunday, but no later than Sunday, December 3rd. And it's asking you to take part, to stand in the gap along with the rest of us, to make a difference for the sake of the ministry and the sake of the gospel. We want to address the very real gaps that we see. We want to address that deficit so that next June we're not coming back to the voters and saying we have to pass another deficit budget. We don't want to do that. The Stand in the Gap campaign will assure that we don't have to do that. And we'll make things stabilized again so that then we can proceed on with a bigger vision. And please know that all of our leaders have been challenged to support this campaign, and they are strongly, strongly behind it and, and very much personally involved. But we need all of you also. We hope that you will do your little part to stand in the gap along with us. You know, Nehemiah was, uh, uh, in, in building the wall, just building that wall wasn't the end of the story. That was just getting things back to security so they can go on to do greater things, so that the worship life could be enhanced, so they could grow to be the people of God more and more from whom the Savior would eventually arise. And likewise, too, friends, here at Shepherd of the Desert, stand in the gap is not the end of the story. This just gets things back to normal, you might say, But there is a much bigger vision beyond this. I'm sure many of you have visions about what could be at Shepherd of the Desert. Some of you have said to us, we think we need a gymnasium on this campus, not just for the school, but for our youth ministry, adult ministries, etc. Others of you have said, you know what we could really use is an expanded climate-controlled fellowship area off the sanctuary where even during the hot days we can fellowship with one another in between services. We're recognizing that at our preschool, we have 30 children, at least in the two-year-old, on a waiting list, and we can't serve them because we don't have enough space. We could expand the preschool there to provide opportunities to serve even more families. You see, the vision is big, but we can't do that until we do this. So we're asking you to stand in the gap. First things first, stand in the gap. It's three things. Get involved. Everyone get involved. Trust in God. He's an awesome God. And stay focused on the mission and the purpose. It's about leading people to follow Jesus. I want to close with an illustration about a wonderful man, one of the most famous men in Christian mission work by the name of Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China. He had a calling from God to take the gospel message to the people of China. And he knew this was an incredibly daunting task. 
He devoted 51 years of his life of serving as a missionary in China so that they might know Jesus as their Savior. Now, you've got to imagine that over 51 years, he must have had some discouraging moments, some real gaps in the whole task. So what did he do? Did he just give up? What kept Hudson Taylor from giving up on China? The answer is seen in this quote from Hudson Taylor, and that's his picture there. He said, there are three stages in the work of God, impossible, difficult, and done. Impossible, difficult, and done. The people in Nehemiah's day were willing to stand in the gap for the sake of the mission. Even though it looked impossible, and even though it was difficult, as we're going to hear next week, they got it done by God's blessing. And I believe that's going to happen here at Shepherd of the Desert as well. It may seem daunting. It may seem difficult. It may seem impossible. But with God, it will get done. They were the people of God in antiquity, but friends, you and I, are the people of God here in this place at this time. So I ask you, will you stand in the gap? Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.